Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome back to Apply Filters, episode 58. Uh, before we get started, I want to give a quick word about our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Gravity Flow. Um, it's an advanced add-on for Gravity Forms that allows you to automate your business processes whether you need to set up workflows for purchase orders, job applications, admission forms, project initiations, vacation requests, or any other kind of workflow that involves advanced feedback loops, approvals, et cetera, Gravity Flow allows you to do this pretty easily while also leveraging the power of Gravity Forms. It's a really powerful add-on and you can find out more at gravityflow.io. They're extremely generous to sponsor this episode, so be sure to give them a thanks uh, through Twitter, their website, or any other way you feel like getting in touch with them. Thanks. Thanks, Gravity Flow. Okay, Brad, what have you been up to? Yeah, uh, lots. Uh, we we're actually in the testing phase right now for MigrateDB Pro 1.6, which is a big UI update. So we're we're getting close. Probably the next couple of weeks we should get it out, um, unless there's some crazy thing that comes up. But How long has this version that- been in development? Uh, way too long. <laughs> it's been, I think, it's been six or eight months. It's been way, way too long. Our goal this year, what happened was I added way too many new features to that one release. And so that's why it took so long. This year, we're, we're kind of going to minimize the number of new features going out in a release so we can get more uh, releases out, you know, sooner. Uh, which I think I think be. that's a really smart way to do it, and I, I think it's probably something that every developer of major projects uh, encounters at some point. <laughs> I know we've definitely run into it before, and um, as a developer, my favorite releases are those that are large releases, but they don't necessarily look very big because we've just made a ton of improvements that can kind of they they don't go unnoticed, but they're not like in your face improvements. Yeah, it's an ongoing challenge too, right? Because as you're working on a release, you might, you know, you might start out with a nice, you know, small scope for the release, and then like things come up, Pe- you know, people report bugs or whatever, and they have they could have wide ranging implications that you have to overhaul this or that, and that's just like things tend to to kind of snowball, right? <laughs> I think our uh, our next major release for EDD has something like a hundred issues milestone for it, and we're gonna have to go through and. <laughs> Trim right. those down to maybe thirty or forty. Right. I mean, it, it, it just happens. Yeah. Sometimes, like we we do like three or four passes through our issues and boot boot them, like boot yeah. them to the next. Oh, absolutely. Time. I know that we will usually do um, kind of like an initial pass when we start working on a release and just get rid of things that we know don't either are not important or less important or something like that, and then. Definitely towards the end of the release, we realized, wait, we still have a ton of issues here. We got to figure out what's going and what's staying. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty typical, I think. So, cool. What's your time frame for 1.6? Uh, well, probably in the next couple of weeks. We're, we're in the testing phase. We're trying to get an outside QA firm to kind of uh, step into our testing process so that we're not testing ourselves the whole time um, and that does two things it frees us up right and it also gets an outsized perspective so that it's not such a homogenous environment like we all kind of use the same tools and stuff so by having someone outside the company do it maybe they're using something different that you know a different environment or, or whatever right yeah that's great 
So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to get the QA firm uh, slotted in, but it's, it's been a bit of a challenge so far. So we're going to keep, keep working at that. Um, we have actually got another developer on trial at the moment. Uh, so we're in the process of hiring as well. So um, how many developers are you up to now? Uh, we have six full-time. And so this will be the, the seventh full-time developer. What the reason we're hiring? I was kind of hoping to, you know, put a freeze on hiring for a little while. But <laughs> every time I, I try to do that, it seems like it just happens that we need to hire again. Uh, the main reason is that uh, we've got four people in the UK and two full time in the US, but most of our customers are in the US. So for like half the day, those two guys in the US are getting slammed with a, a huge number of support tickets. Um, right. So you, you need somebody else that's not necessarily in the U.S., but in the U.S. time zone. Yeah. In, in the North America time zone uh, is kind of what I've been shooting for. Although I guess like Brazil could work too, right? Yeah. South, I mean, all of South America is on similar time zones. Yeah. South and Central. So in this quadrant of the earth, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a bit of an adjustment because uh, previously I was just hiring based on merit. It didn't matter where you were located. So now we have to kind of filter down based on location. Yeah. So I know that's something that we would, we definitely like to get. Uh, we have one guy that's in the UK. Uh, he's very much a part-time cause he's very involved with school work at the moment, but I'd love to have another person in that time zone just, just so that we can help take care of more tickets or issues during well, while we're sleeping. So we have, we have two that are in New Zealand, um, which is awesome, but New Zealand is yet a different time zone from the UK. And it, if we could have another one somewhere in the UK time zone in that, in that part of the world, then we would have three major times during the day covered, which would be yeah. great. Well, we, we actually had uh, one guy, uh, Ian was actually in the UK, one of our Ians. <laughs> he was in, or in the New Zealand, sorry. And he just recently moved back to the UK. So, so we lost that kind of Pacific Rim uh, coverage for our support. But uh, honestly, it hasn't been an issue, and I don't expect it to be. Our, the, the amount of customers we have in that area of the world is pretty small compared to the rest. So, yeah, the majority of ours are in the the Americas. Yeah, people in uh, New Zealand, Australia, and and that part of the world are they're kind of used to waiting for for support <laughs> too. I, I hate. I'm sorry to say that, but it, it's tr it's kind of true. I mean, I, li I lived in Melbourne for a year, and and it's just it's kind of a fact that if you're if you're, you know, watching TV or sports events or something that are going on in the U.S., like, it's just everything's out of whack, right? Well, it's, we thank every one of you for your patience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what else have you been up to? Uh, I think I mentioned before we're redesigning our site. So we've been, uh, I've had a front-end coder working on that. Um, so we're in that phase now. And so that's getting closer. Uh, Daniel Espinoza has been... Uh, uh, taking up the task of working on our WooCommerce subscriptions add-on, which is a custom add-on we use to to do our subscriptions. So like renewing like your license and stuff, it handles that kind of stuff. Are um, you guys already doing automatic renewals or is that in progress still? That's what Daniel will be working on. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of the, the And is that part. built off of the, the standard WooCommerce subscriptions add-on or a completely custom one? It's completely custom. Um, we use the software add-on for WooCommerce that that uh, that they sell, 
Uh, but we do our own subscriptions add-on completely separately. Oh, and monthly monthly recurring is the other kind of the next step after that. I want to be able to do monthly recurring subscriptions uh, with it. So, All right. When, when you get to that phase, we should have a discussion on that because I would love to hear some of your insights. And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening would love to kind of dive into that because I know there's a lot of um, questions that, and uh, caveats that come up when you look at yearly versus monthly renewals, especially for software. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. On that time. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, uh, built a new server for deliciousbrains.com and, and moved everything, moved our site over to it. Um, and I bet it's super speedy. Yeah, it's running PHP 7 now and Nginx. I took Varnish out of the stack, so no more Varnish. And uh, yeah, it's going much faster. Uh, it's, it's running on the same, basically the same hardware, so same number of CPUs, RAM and stuff. But uh, but yeah, it's just fast because it's PHP 7, man. It's so much faster. <laughs> so yeah, got that running. Uh, we've been blogging a bit. So Jeff wrote a post on AMP. So amping up your WordPress site with Google's accelerated mobile pages was pretty interesting. I really had nothing, like I had no knowledge of AMP until I read Jeff's article. So it was pretty cool. I've still only seen some of the, the summaries. I haven't really dove into it yet. Yeah. It's it's kind of a weird thing, AMP, isn't it? Like my first, my knee-jerk reaction when I heard about it, I was like, oh, that's just, that's just WAP in 2016 you know remember like wireless access protocol back in the day like when people had palm pilots they built this like second internet and i i and the other that's the other thing i hated the idea of like a second tier internet like but then i thought about it some more and this amp thing is really like it's no different than like you know i mean look you consume facebook in a browser or using a mobile app or you know, there's different views that you can use to, to consume Facebook. And this is kind of just like another way to consume articles, right? I don't, I don't, I don't really see it as like a second tier of the internet anymore. But um, anyway, uh, I wrote a summary of Pressnomics 4, or kind of just mostly just highlights, a few highlights. Uh, and uh, Matt wrote a really cool post um, about automating uh, setting up WordPress sites locally. I, I read that one and that was awesome. Yeah. Because I, I, fantastic. I, I think most of us have probably thought about doing it. It just never got around to it, right? It, it, I always, I've always looked at it as the, you know, if I'm bored some Saturday morning and I want to just get super nerdy, that's something that I want to do, but yeah. it never actually happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I really want to do it. Yeah. And just so people know, it, it, so you're able to set up a, a WordPress site just by running one command. So you could run, run Matt's script, uh, which is install WP, and then you give it a site name, and then it'll create the database. It'll download WordPress for you, do everything, and set up the site um, on in your you know on your local server. So that's pretty cool. Where I think I'm gonna. Uh, I've suggested to Matt that he could do like additional ones where, you know, he automates it some more. So like maybe it also, you know, configures MAMP for that site and, and stuff like that. So that's like, like completely automated so that you run that command and then you, you've got your site running and ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I want him to do that because then I, I want it. <laughs> I want it for myself. Um, and I'm heading to Costa Rica next week for a week-long vacation. Fantastic. Which part of Costa Rica are you going to? 
Uh, we're flying into San Jose and then kind of making our way up to like the northwest coast uh, in Tamarindo. So we're and on the way. We're going to stop by the volcanoes in Arenal. And, uh, Arenal is beautiful. Yeah. So you've, been, beautiful. You've, been, uh, you've been to Costa Rica? Once. I went uh, when I was my second or third year of high school. And uh, my brother and I and my parents went down for about a week-long trip and traveled all over the country. And I've wanted to go back ever since. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. I, I've never been there, so this is our, this will be our first time. And our first time, uh, my wife and I have traveled in four years without any kids. <laughs> so it's going to be, it's going to be an, it should be a, an actual vacation versus, you know, a family vacation. <laughs> so, so it's just your wife and you? Yeah, just, just my wife and I. And, yeah, uh, sure yeah. that'll be fun. Sure, should be good. Anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, we've had a few things going recently. Um, our, this last week, has been a bit hectic for me and everybody on the team. We had um, a couple of very long-term projects that all wrapped up in the last week. Uh, and so I'll tell you about those in a moment. Um, first thing, uh, we also have been in hiring mode. So we have brought on Drew James um, to come work with us on Affiliate WP full-time. Uh, Drew was previously working at, at 10 Up and was ready for a change and reached out to me and we decided it was a perfect fit so yeah that's huge we've we've had drew on the show before i think when he was the wordpress core release lead is that right yes for um wordpress 4.3 i believe or 4.2 right cool he should probably smack me for being wrong if i'm (laughs) but but yeah um so we're we're pretty excited to to have Drew on. Uh, bring some excellent skills to the table, and uh, he's working as uh, on affiliate WP development full time, as as well as uh, developer docs and and other things as we kind of go through and figure out where we want him to focus and what he wants to focus on. And we're pretty excited to have him. So he started on Monday, and so it's we're through the first week. Two weeks ago, I moved into a new office space. Uh, I've worked from home in my home office for almost 10 years, ever since I started freelancing. Um, I guess I would have been in college working from my dorm room and then from my apartment and then uh, from a house and uh, up until about two weeks ago in my home office. And I decided to go ahead and rent an office space in, in the downtown area of the city I live in. Uh, and move my office out of house for the first time. Uh, so I've been here for about a week and a half, and it's been an interesting change for sure. Mostly good. Uh, I've, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, I, I've always loved working at home. I love being around the family the whole time and having everybody there. Um, and it's been different being by myself, like completely by myself in an office space. Right. Um, Getting a little lonely at times, maybe? <laughs> couple of times <laughs> I look around I'm like I'm the only person here this is strange right. uh, but it's it's been good so far I've, I've found that uh, my work days are shorter usually because I uh, I focus I can focus better here there's there's fewer distractions and so there's so there's some um, pros and cons to it uh, especially like with family in one way I'm around family less but in another way i'm actually around them much more because when i go home i'm done right you're present or i go home and there's a much for me there's a much better separation between work and home now which is something i've struggled with for a really long time 
And it's something that I've been wanting to get better at. So I like the idea of being able to go home and, and shut off. Uh, and while that's still been a little bit of a challenge because I'm still, I'm still in that mode of, I work from home. I haven't completely gotten rid of that yet. Uh, but I think over, over a few months, it'll be a nice, nice change. So I, it's giving me, I work oh, from home as well. Um, but, but oh, sorry, I work alone as well. Like I, I work from home, but like there's no one in the house all day. Um, so yeah, I can kind of relate to your like loneliness thing. But yeah, I think you get used to it though over time. That yeah, and yeah. I mean, I've I've always worked alone in that sense of like when I work from home, I had I had a home office, and when I was working, I shut the door, um, and for the most part, like I was in that closed office for the for the whole day. Uh, so that's not that much different. And interestingly, I actually, it, it occurred to me the other day um, that even when I'm working alone in an office and like I'm legitimately alone, um, I don't feel that way because we're so closely connected with the with the team and other people online. Right. Um, Slack. And, yeah. At times it seems a little silly, but I, it occurred to me how accurate that actually is. Um. And so, yeah, I haven't really noticed it. It's given me a good excuse to get out and ride my bike more, which is nice. Uh, the office is just over three miles from my house, uh, and it's a pretty nice ride there and back. So I can ride around a little over about six and a half miles a day if right. I ride my bike and Kansas, I'm trying to ride. You're, you're in Kansas. Uh, Kansas is pretty flat. Is that right? Super, there's not a single hill between <laughs> Right, right, right. Uh, See, what we do have, which can sometimes be worse than hills, is wind. Oh, yes. Um, so yeah. like the other day I, I was riding into about 25 mile an hour wind uh, <laughs> and, and that, that'll push against you pretty hard. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Need one of those yeah, so speed been, bikes been, that get you all tucked in. <laughs> Aerodynamic. So I can try to ride, uh, two to three days a week and, uh, two days a week I bring my, the trailer with me and then my wife brings the kids around three thirty and drops them off and then we ride home together. That's nice. Yeah, so it's been it's been good all the way around. Cool. Let's see. What, what else have you been up been to? Doing? So this this last week, has, I, I mentioned a little bit ago, was kind of the wrap up for several significant projects that we've been working on for a long time. So these projects um, started about a year ago, a little over a year ago, when we started working on the new recurring payments plugin for EDD. And I think I've I talked a little bit in the last few episodes after we turned on subscriptions for Affiliate WP using the recurring payments plugin. Uh, so the, the second part of that project was to do the same thing for Easy Digital Downloads and Restricted Content Pro. And as of this week, both of those projects uh, and those, those products are now on subscriptions. So if you purchase a license to one of those, uh, it creates a subscription and we have automatic renewals for all of those now. Uh, and it took us about a year to, to implement those across all three. So that happened. And there was, there was a couple of other big things that happened at the same time. So with Restricted Content Pro, we, we've been really wanting to, um, well, I've always considered RCP to be kind of my side project. Um, and I think I've mentioned that before. It's always been the, it's a well, successful black product sheep? in its own. <laughs> what was that? The black sheep? <laughs> kind of. Um, Maybe like the neglected stepchild. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so it's always been a, 
a decently successful product on its own, but it's never been at the same level as EDD or restrict or affiliate MVP for us um, and the team. And we've been really wanting to, to elevate it up to the same level, put them all on the same playing field, get it equal attention. Um, and so for the last few months, we've been working on rebuilding the website for Restrict Content Pro, as well as migrating license keys from my old Pippins plugins website over to the, the new standalone RCP site, um, which turns out was actually a pretty difficult process. <laughs> and uh, might go into the technical details of that at some point, because it was kind of an interesting process. We really wanted to elevate it. Uh, and so there was three aspects to that or Maybe, maybe four. So number one was getting it so it was sold on its own standalone website uh, that we can really flesh out with all of the features, all of the, the showcase, the use case options, the, the full product tour, et cetera, um, making it a, an actual product website. Second was a new version of the plugin that added a bunch of really needed features that people have wanted for a really long time. And we simply didn't have the time to build them. We decided to do some investment. We brought in an outside developer to work for about two months on it to build all these features um, and make it possible for us to release the new version. Then we launched it with subscriptions. And then we also launched a new series of, of add-ons for the plugin uh, and adjusted the pricing and the business model for the plugin. So it used to be that we sold it with three pricing tiers, just your, your single site license, your multiple your like two to five site license and your unlimited site license. We've now changed it. So you have the same three tiers in terms of what site, the number of sites you can use it on, but there is now an ultimate license, which is a lifetime. And we've also introduced um, a series of professional add-ons that are free of, that are available free of charge for anybody who has a professional or, or the ultimate. So basically what we did is we adjusted it so that it has the same pricing model that Affiliate WP has. And for anybody who's not familiar with that, you might be familiar with the model that Gravity Forms uses. It's the same model that we've adopted for RCP. Cool. Uh, and so doing all of that took a while uh, and that went live on Tuesday. I have a question about sure. your, so you had an outside developer do most of the work on RCP. Um, how did you manage like that developer in terms of code review and stuff? Because I'm just thinking like hiring an outside developer, you know, on the surface sounds like a great idea. It's going to save us so much time or, you know, it allow us to do all these things that we can't, we just don't have time for in house, but then you still have to manage the person. You still have to review their code. You know, like you almost have to integrate them into the team in a way. Um, well, <laughs> how did that, how did that work? Okay, um, I, I think it's an excellent point because you're totally right that bringing in somebody from from a whether it's from another company or a freelancer or whoever somebody who's not actively involved in the project has a whole series of challenges. It's not it's not all glorious. You pay them a sum of money and they produce work for you that just magically is perfect. It doesn't work that way. Um, it if for anybody who's managed an open source project, it's kind of similar to community contributions. You have these developers that maybe they're very gung-ho about it and they come in, they build this awesome new feature, but then when you look at it, you realize it's not quite built the way that you want or it's got a few issues or it doesn't follow with your code standards or whatever. These are all kinds of challenges that you face and it's the exact kind of, same kind of struggles that you have if you bring in outside developers. Um, it's kind of like if you also, when you have a new hire, when you bring somebody else who's new into the team, 
you have to take some time to get them up to speed with, okay, these are, these are our coding standards. These are the way that we do things. These are our workflows, et cetera. Um, and so it's a challenge to bring in an outside developer. In this case, we were pretty pleased uh, with the results, but one of the reasons why I think it was successful for us is because the developer that we chose to bring in was already familiar with Restricted Content Pro. Uh, he is somebody that had already built a couple of add-ons for the plugin that he was distributing through his own website. He had used it a lot for client sites. Um, and the opportunity actually came about because he came to us and said, hey, I'd love to do some work for you. I think this is a great project. What would you guys be interested in that? Um, and so it just kind of fell into place. Would, would we have had the same experience if we had announced, hey, we're looking for a developer to come work for two months? Um, I don't know. It would depend on who we picked. But right. in this case, it worked pretty well for us. So who did the code review? Did your team do it? Did you do do it? Or how that uh, work? We had, so the Restricted Content Pro team consists of most, um, there's, there's four of us kind of. Uh, there's myself, there's John Paris, there's Michael Beal, and then Andrew Monroe. Um, and for this, it was, it was largely me and John and Michael doing code reviews and testing. Right. Um, and then were there, were there times when you guys kind of just let the, the kind of drop the ball and just like, there was a lot of code review that needed to be done and that got kind of piled up in, in the queue. Um, I, I'm just thinking like as an, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so here's a challenge that, that we had. So we we brought him on on, on basically a weekly stipend um, that said, okay, we, we we'd like to see X number of hours a week for this amount in return. Um, and so when we do that, okay, I think there's two ways that you can, you can bring in outside developers for short time periods. There is you bring them on and you say, okay, here's the project. This is how much we're paying you for the project you leave when the project is done, basically, which is, I mean, very common in freelance. The other way is we have you for 30 hours a week and we're going to pay you this much every single week. We get done as much as we can. So one of the issues, and we did the latter. So one of the issues that we did run into is there's, there are always edge cases. There's bugs or adjustments that you find. And part of you wants to go back and say, hey, we need to get these fixed. But then you realize, well, we're past our, we're already at our our count, or we're we're not doing another week or whatever, and and that's fine. I mean, that's that's just the way that it works. But so when we did get done with everything, we did as a as a team spend some time going in and making final adjustments. As we found edge cases, we would um, dive in and and see if we can take care of them. Right. Um, but overall, it was pretty pretty smooth. Did you do a, a beta a beta period, or did you just uh, test it internally and release it? We, we did not do a public beta or a private beta. Um, we did run it on my Pippin's plugin site for a few days. Um, and the site has enough traffic and enough membership signups going through it that it was a pretty reasonable test for us. And, and we spent a solid three weeks just pounding on it as well. Right. That's cool. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty we're pretty pleased for all of those to be done. And oh, and then the other thing that I the other six month to year long project that we've been slowly working on is the new EDD website. Um, so easydigitaldownloads.com has a brand new coat of paint. If you go take a look, it looks quite a bit different now. Looks great. Uh, yeah. 
really nice. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty thrilled with it. So that's all the work of Sean Davis, uh, who's um, he, one of the original EDDT members has been around with us for a long time. And it's been kind of his personal passion project was to, to he's, he's always been, he's been our site maintainer for, um, well, almost since the day he started. Uh, but in the last year, he's really wanted to go in and, and rebuild and redesign the whole site. So it's all his work. It's his, it was his project. Uh, and in the last few months, we decided, okay, here's our deadline. This is the date it's going live. We're going to make it happen. And we decided to, at the same time, to um, implement subscriptions simultaneously. Right. Um, kind of was that a good this, was that a good choice or a bad choice? I think it was a good choice. Um, for one, all right. So <laughs> one of the one of the issues that we had, or it's not an issue, but it's a, a minor technical challenge, is we have about two hundred products on the website, and every single one of those has to be updated to turn subscriptions on. Um, and so we wanted to do it all at once, and so we decided it was best if we put the site into maintenance mode. So it actually worked pretty well because we could go to maintenance mode, we could drop the new design on the site, we can go through, make any updates we need, we can have everybody come together at one time, and each person takes 10 products, You, we each update them, and everything's ready to go in the course of 20 to 30 minutes. And so we only had a little tiny bit of downtime. So I think it was good to put do them at the same time. It was, uh, it was definitely a pretty stressful two weeks though, but it's, but it's done and everything's working pretty well so far. Nice. When you guys launched, I saw your tweet and I checked out the site and, uh, and I was going through it and there was, um, there was a pull, like a quote from one of your customers and yeah. the, the title or the, or the, the person's name was Captain Swallow, yep. which, which is like, just sounds totally made up. And I was like, oh, it looks like you forgot uh, some placeholder copy here. <laughs> and yeah. it t- turns out that is actually one of your customers. <laughs> yep. And so, it's, it's pretty funny because you're definitely not the first person that's noticed that. <laughs> right. Right. So I apologize, Captain Swallow. Oh, no, you're totally fine. <laughs> Maybe we should replace it with a different quote or, or change a name on it because that's not the first time that's happened. But, is that you know, is that their act? That's just their, it's, their it's handle. Their, it's right? their name they go by. Right. The username. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those things that probably at some point we should change. But you have a thousand items on your to-do list and you oh, get yeah. to some of them. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. Yeah. Well. Uh, one one of the other things um, that that I I wanted to mention that I'm I'm very excited for uh, in in the realm of restricted content pro is with with the new add-ons that we launched. We we launched four new add-ons at the time. Um, the and the one that I'm the most excited for is the REST API. So we've introduced a complete REST API for it. Um, and it actually runs on top of the WordPress REST API. So the part that's actually in WordPress core, the authentication and the endpoints, um, which is cool. That means that it doesn't require the, the REST API plugin. It just works off of core. I loved it, um, the idea. I like, I, for some reason, I love the idea of designing an API and building it. It, it, did, it was who, super fun. Who did it? Did you do it or did someone it. else? Yeah. I, I, I built it most of it on the plane ride to Philadelphia for WordCamp US. Nice. What's like an example of what you would use that REST API for? Uh, well, I can give you a quick example that I use it for. Um, so I have a Nexus 7 that lives on my desk uh, and is on most of the time. And it is simply a stats dashboard of our websites um, showing, showing revenue and sales for each of the sites. Uh, and so 
one of the quick things that I built with the REST API was a little stat that goes and shows me the earnings for the current month through the membership of RCP. So that's one very minor example. Another one, um, so we we actually implemented, a, it's pretty robust in terms of you can do almost everything that you need. You can, you can query members, you can query payments, you can update members, you can delete members, you can activate members, you can create payments, you can delete payments, you can... Um, you can do just about everything you need to in order to manage your members uh, and your payment records. Uh, so the uh, one example, like let's say that you want to have a custom interface for managing your membership accounts. Uh, maybe you don't want to use WordPress or or you have a, you're, you've built an app or a custom dashboard that runs on your phone or your, I, your iPad or, or a, a custom desktop client. Um, for managing your membership accounts, recording payments, updating members, et cetera. All of this can now be done. One good example uh, where it's really needed is we have a couple of issues in the plugin that make it a little bit slow on really large websites that have a ton of membership accounts, like hundreds of thousands. Uh, and so we want to build a custom dashboard that gets rid of all of those performance issues caused by some of the, the WordPress database schemas. And uh, that, that would be an example. Another, another would be, and actually there is an add-on being built for this, or at least a custom integration being built, would be if you want to create or update memberships from a, a purchase of, say, a WooCommerce product or an EDD product or a product in Shopify or whatever, so that when they purchase that product in that e-commerce system, it goes to the RCP side and creates a membership account. Even if it's on a completely separate website, that's now very easy to do through the REST API. Right. I like that. Yeah. That's that's probably um, fairly typical setup. Here, here's, a, here's a good example of how you could use it. Let's say that you have a, um, a sales website and you have a support or tutorial or help website or whatever. And that, that second website is only available to customers. So you set up RCP on the help website um, or whatever kind of material it is that you have there and you set up the memberships, but your actual sales website goes through, let's just say it's Shopify. Um, whenever a purchase is made there, you query the REST API and give them, give a membership on the help side. Um, and you can, you can specify all the logins, the passwords, the email address, the status, et cetera. Um, and now as soon as they, make that purchase through your sales system, they have access to the their tutorial section as well or the support system or whatever you want to call it, uh, which is a pretty common uh, thing that people want to do on completely separate databases. Right. Were you guys getting like quite a few requests for REST API or did you just decide to do we, it? Um, we, had re we had quite a few requests from people that build client sites. Uh, one of the things with REST APIs is the people that run your run stores unless they are a developer or a very power user themselves, don't necessarily know that they need a REST API. They know that they want to be able to do something. They don't necessarily know that it is powered by a REST API. But so we saw a lot of indirect requests like that, people looking for that kind of setup. And we saw a lot of requests from people that build client websites. Um, and so it was definitely a pretty uh, commonly requested feature. And it was something that we really wanted ourselves. And I personally love the idea of diving in and building it, building a REST API and extending the, uh, extending the WordPress one, having, having built a REST API for EDD previously, it was 
kind of cool to work with someone else's API and see where the benefits and the and the the rough points were of both. Well, anything else that you want to share? Oh, actually, I'll share a little story, um, a little conversation that I had this week with Ashley and Ian. They're about the uh, offload S3 plugin. We uh, we're switching to filtering, right? Right, right now. When you upload um, an image, let's say, and it goes to S3, it'll when you insert that into your content, it'll insert like the S3 uh, URL, um, and we're switching to uh, it. Just inserts the usual URL, and then when you render the page, it'll replace it. So it'll filter filter out uh, those URLs and replace it with the S3 URL. So we're in the process of doing that. And the, the major one of the main reasons we're doing that is because background processing has been fairly unreliable, right? And uh, and and it's just kind of a pain actually to like when you change a setting that, that you have to run a find and replace on all your content. And if you have, you know, seventy thousand posts and you know, a hundred thousand attachments, I mean that's gonna take a long time to for the background process and you go through all that content and do a finer replace. We're moving to this filtering thing to get away from that. And then this week we realized, oh no, what about all the existing sites that already have that stuff in the content? We're going to have to do a finer replace on all that to, to go back to using just the normal URLs. And, and then we were like, oh, okay, well, how are we going to do this? And then we, we had like an hour long discussion. <laughs> Guess where we landed? <laughs> Background processing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we're, st- we're actually going to have to, um, we were hoping we didn't have to go back to ba- background processing and, and we'll iron out the kinks that have been identified, but it turns out we are. So we're going to work on our background processing stuff again <laughs> and fix it. Um, one of the things we do is, um, like the find and replace, we use an SQL uh, find and replace. So we just run a query that does the finding and replacing. And that doesn't really work so well when applied to you know 70,000 posts. It tends to kill my SQL, um, which is actually not the assumption. I mean, the assumption I made, which was a bad one, was that MySQL would just handle this properly, right? Like I thought MySQL, if you ran a query that, you know, could be intensive like that, they would just like say, you know, okay, let's slow this down. Let's do this gradually and not spike the CPU up to 100%, right? And not allow any other uh, queries to run while we get this done. But uh, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it just basically um, prioritizes that query above all else. And so, and that's been a, a big part of the background processing problems that we've had. So we got to fix that. Um, so yeah, I guess the moral of the story is um, don't make assumptions. <laughs> um, that's, that's never got bit anybody before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I, I'm I'm kind of surprised with MySQL that doesn't handle that kind of thing better. But I don't know why. So we're gonna have to batch that, right? Instead of running one query, SQL query, we'll have to run a query that just looks at you know ten posts at a time or something. It does refl- the find and replace on that many at a time. So yeah, fun stuff, fun. right? Fun, yeah, yeah. 
So right. uh, should wrap it up. Yeah. Yep. All it's right. It's been a pleasure, Brad. And yeah. uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Gravity Flow. You can find them at gravityflow.io if you need to do anything that has uh, that requires workflows or things like that. Go check them out at gravityflow.io. All right. And thanks again, everybody. Talk to you next time. <laughs>